Hey everyone, Daniel Topor here and welcome to the Dancing With Doubt podcast, where we go deep into how leaders have overcome adversity to unleash their success and delve into the why. Why are we really here on this big, beautiful earth? On today's episode, I'm sitting down with my friend, Mariska Cross. Mariska is a highly seasoned strategy maestro, having previously worked at PwC, KPMG, and now Deloitte as a Director of Sales and Business Development in Melbourne, Australia. She was also previously a board member of a tech startup, actively mentors young professionals, hosts a radio show at KISS FM, and is a well-loved DJ, performing under the name of Mischief, where she regularly bangs up beautiful melodic techno sets at festivals and clubs across Australia. I personally know Mish from when we actually met on a dance floor about eight years ago. Although the exact time and place has escaped me, our connection from the very first interaction definitely has not. I've always loved and respected how Mish has fused her busy corporate life with her creative identity, the good, the bad, and the awkward. She's bright, vivacious, and also a wise soul, and I can't wait to go deep with her on episode three. In this episode, we delve into topics such as integrating your business identity with your creative self, finding the courage to stand out and live life true to your passions, and celebrating excellency and not settling for mediocrity. So for me, this is a really deep dive into managing the dance between all those beautiful and diverse elements that make up our true authentic selves. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for lending me your ears wherever in the world you are. I hope you find this episode entertaining, insightful, and stimulating. Season one, episode three, let's roll. Mish, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Dan, and thank you for such a warm introduction. (laughs) Absolutely. First question, Mish. So we met on a dance floor. You're on the Dancing Without podcast. I know, what are the chances? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. As soon as I saw the title, I thought, you know, there's no such thing as synchronicity. So um, we were meant for each other. Absolutely. And look, I just have to ask this. Am I the first or the only business connection that you've met undertaking, shall we call it, extracurricular activities? (laughs) No, you're certainly not the um, not the first or the only. In fact, it's probably been one of the biggest connectors, um, both professionally and personally, that I've had. So, I have met um, business partners and um, employers and um, numerous other important and unexpected people on dance floors. And so, yeah, it's it's actually been a surprise to me as well. And what's what's an example of some um, some of those numerous interesting souls that you've met? Oh gosh, you're really going to expose me on this one. But I'll and probably my most interesting one was um, actually playing at a festival, uh, playing at um, Rainbow, and I was at PwC at the time, and I was playing. I was actually not on the dance floor, so behind the decks on this one. But playing away and I looked out into the crowd and thought, God, that, that person sure looks familiar. They look a lot like a partner at work who was a very senior partner. A partner. And I thought, wow. no, no, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't be, wouldn't be. What are the chances? Because I was having a right old time. And, uh, yeah, went back to work the uh, sort of following week, walking into a very senior um, stakeholder workshop. And he literally pulls me up. Mariska, how long have we been working together? Um, about six years, Pete. That's right. And you, you've kept this from me the whole time. And I was thinking, my God, you're embarrassing me in front of all these execs. And I went, um, sorry, Pete, what? And he goes, 
that was you at Rainbow, wasn't it? And I went, oh, my God. And I just couldn't believe that someone of that seniority, um, you know, who I have so much respect for, was actually the person I saw, didn't hold it against me. We all had a chuckle because the rest of them thought that DJ meant David Jones. But, um, yeah, he was probably my best example of realising, you know, look, we're all human and we all like our own thing and music is a, a pretty common one. Wow. And for, for those listeners that are, that are not familiar, um, when Mariska refers to, to Rainbow Serpent, it's probably one of the, the larger um, electronic music festivals here in Australia. Um, what is it, about 20, 25,000 people? Yeah, so it's the pretty last big count deal in the up scene. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, good on you for performing at such a, such a festival. I mean, I, I'm really, really interested to actually unpack further how you have managed to to um to balance this lifestyle of yours, you know, obviously working mm. in a top tier accounting firm and and actually all of them really, um, along with performing at pretty big festivals, can you can you help us unpack that a little bit more? Yeah, look, it's um it's not something that was on my um if you like career goals, so this was unplanned and um, hence was very much in the moment. So I never expected to be DJing. I did it because I thought. I just have a go at a couple of lessons and I wasn't really sure where I'd end up in a career-wise either. So um, how do I keep the balance? Well, I'm a pretty um, high-energy person anyway and, you know, I think if you're doing something you love uh, on both counts, your energy's not being sapped from either. In fact, I get my energy from a dance floor. So I'm better off at the office if I've had my fix of tunes than I am without it. Um, but really it comes down to making, you know, dare I say it, strategic choices. And that is, you know, you've got a limited amount of time. Um, what do you want to fill it with? So there was a lot of filling it with um, hours at the office. That's changed quite a lot these days. But, um, you know, instead of watching TV uh, or sometimes going to the gym or um, doing things that maybe weren't um, really aligned to music and DJing or literally delivering on my goals, um, I would cut out. So I think it's all about focus and balance and putting some parameters in place. So I don't play Sunday nights. Um, you know, that's something that helps me make sure that I've got the rest and I'm in the right um, mindset uh, come Monday. And... Um, you know, I don't take office calls, though I have once at Prince, um, sort of after eight o'clock or when I'm behind the decks. Mm -hmm. So they have attempted to do a review session while I was at Prince of Wales at about one in the morning because it was the only time we could get the US. But, you know, you, I just think it's setting parameters and um, really knowing where your time goes and, and using it. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel that... Um... How do you feel that over the course of your career, the sort of attitude towards this balanced lifestyle, towards encouraging, let's call it extracurricular activities or, or, or your creative passions, mm. how do you feel that's changed over the years or if, if at God, all? God, so much, so much. Um, you know, for me personally, it's changed because of my mindset change, uh, which was to accept it and allow it, um, you know, without uh, apology, though I think that, you know, we've all become more human. Um, we've, or well, not all, but most of us have become more human and we recognise that people are at their best when they are not needing to wear an additional mask. 
um, whether that is their best because it gives them energy and it's the outlet or their best because at times they may feel quite um, exposed or unsure. Uh, it's just, you know, today I think we've got a lot more um, available options and channels to allow us to both explore and then also be who we actually are. And I tested that um, probably in my 40s, actually. I was a bit late. But in my 40s, I decided one day that um, it was time for me to really just go nuts and bring all of me. I was bringing about 80%. And so I went and got my hair dyed teal blue. Um, I was actually a senior um, at PwC at the time. No one had blue hair. We had a no red sneaker type policy, uh, just moving into casual Fridays. And I thought, yeah, that should um, set the cat among the pigeons, as they say. I like to disrupt. And what I thought would be potentially a career-limiting move, and it certainly felt like that, standing in the lift on the Monday with the mirrors everywhere, seeing everyone's eyes like this, nervous. I can um, imagine. <laughs> oh, God. Just, you know, and just sort of seeing that through, you know, the awkwardness. The It would have been so easy to go home, but no, I stayed there. And there were mixed reactions, you know. Some of the older partners were literally would double take as they walked past and then, you know, come back and kind of shake their heads. But most of them um, thought it was brilliant, it, so much so that I ended up being on the Partner Roadshow uh, as their pin-up for, uh, you know, being different. And, um, you know, within a year there was a lot of other blue hair. So it was, you know... A lot more, it's a lot more allowable, but someone's got to start it. And I just took a chance, I guess. And that was, um, you know, gosh, that was about six years ago. So now that everyone's got blue hair, I've had to go back to brown. But yeah, I guess it was having a bit of courage, um, just making a decision about, you know, this is all of me. And you keep talking about bringing your best self. Well, here I am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And good good on you for um for having that courage. Um I you know, PwC seems like a fairly sort of formal place to work and in fact I would imagine all the big four were. Um I remember I actually tried to go uh for for grad jobs at all the big four and I actually failed miserably at, at getting anything at, at either of them. Um but I'm not sure if uh, blue hair would have helped me out back in that day either. <laughs> you know, like, can you imagine? I, I recall, because I'm a little bit further on in my um, life experience, I guess, years than yourself, and I recall, you know, really strict um, policies and expectations around how you would look, how you would speak, what you would and would not discuss, um, you know, whilst I believe that a respectful and professional conduct is really important because, you know, that's where you are. Um, you know, I, I recall people almost being fired because they had a bit of a crazy haircut or because um, someone had worn sneakers or, um, you know, if anyone had ever rocked up on a casual day in anything other than country road, you'd have probably been, you know, blacklisted. So, Or at the very know, least it, judged. <laughs> absolutely. I mean... <laughs> You're not going to wear your die yuppie, yuppie scum shirt to work, though I did once on the uh, on a bit of a challenge day. But, um, yeah, people are more accepting. You know, you're not there to offend and you're not trying to um, freak people out or, or be so disruptive that, you know, you're just there for attention. But um, you're certainly allowed to be all of you, um, look the way you want to, be who you are. As long as you're doing the work, um, you know, 
relax, um, bring your personality. Everyone has a better time and the work's more enjoyable. Yeah, and and you know, I guess as long as the work is being done and it's being done well, mm-hmm. why should it matter? In the end, mm-hmm. we are we are human and humans have this amazing cross section of different insights and experiences and personalities and in in my view we should be actually celebrating that and that creates better professionals. I mean clearly yeah. look at look at the caliber that you are look at the caliber of that, that you are even as a as a DJ and the music that you play and the crowds that you bring. Um you know I've felt I've felt the love from your music. I've felt the experience. Um and I just think if we try and shut ourselves off as a society from from um what's the word I'm trying to I'm trying to find <laughs> I think it's from our passions, a lot of it, you know, from our, you know, what is it that really lights up your um, life? What gives you energy? um, What makes you positive? uh, All those things. And, you know, music for me is such a, um, it's such an equaliser. So anyone can, I'm not trained in music. So there was one, there you go. There's one of my um, background things was I couldn't possibly be a DJ uh, because I can't read music. I'm not trained in music. What would I know? So I kept telling myself that, um, God, up until only, you know, X years back, let's say five years, I don't know, I've been doing it 20, um, just kept, you know, this, they made a mistake type thing. Like, why would they want to book me? Um, Surely they got it wrong. Is someone just being nice to me? Um, Those people only said those nice things at the end because, um, you know, they felt obliged and it took me a long time to actually even accept, you know what, you're actually pretty good at this and it doesn't stop telling yourself that you can't be or shouldn't be because of all of these other reasons. And, you know, the same thing applies to um, to work or any anything that you find yourself doing. It's the, um, you know, that weird little narrative and imposter syndrome and everyone else is better and who am I to think that I deserve to have this. Um, you know, these sort of narratives are so limiting and and yet we all do them. And we do them particularly in the things that we think are most important, I think. 100%. And, yeah, you, you touched on a really good point with imposter syndrome. I think pretty much everyone in the world at some point um, has, has felt it. I've mm. personally felt it. Very recently with starting this podcast, you know, probably a similar conversation in my head to what was happening in yours back in the day. Am I good enough? Is anyone going to listen? What value can I add? Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. And all yeah, the can'ts, can really, all the reasons it, why not. <laughs> yeah, it, it can really consume you. And, you know, courage. That's, you know, you, you said it yeah. before. It's, it's about courage and just getting out there and trying it because ultimately, are you, do you want to sit and look back and live with regret? And basically say to yourself, you know, in 20, 30 years time, I wish I had have done that. You know, I, oh. I really wish I had have taken that step. And I, I don't want to live with that regret. And it sounds like you didn't either. So See, here you are. Exactly the sky hasn't it. fallen. We're still here. No, no, it hasn't. <laughs> and no one's called me out. Hey, you get off your rubbish. Um, works, you know, good. It's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Like it takes you until you've actually... I don't know, achieved enough um, that you finally give yourself a break. Whereas, you know, that sort of view of yourself might be quite um, quite out of line with how others see you. Now, like you said, Dan, this all goes with, um, you know, the sort of, uh, I guess, requirement of doing the work, um, actually really making sure 
that you are the best that you can be at it. And I am a stickler for, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm an all or nothing. So all in my instance is try your best. Just try your best so that you don't have that excuse of, oh, I didn't, wasn't really trying. So I hate that excuse. Um, give it a go. End, and if like you, what, what yeah. have you actually tried? Like if, if, if someone says to me, oh, you know, I've tried to do this or that, I've said, okay, well, what have you, look, break me down the what steps have you done? of what you've yeah. actually done. And chances are they'll say, oh, I've done, you know, maybe two or three things. It's like, okay, well, there are infinite ways of trying with slight adjustment in your strategy to achieve that success. How can you yep. just give up after two or three? You haven't really tried, have you? If your heart's in See, it. See, I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And it's that, you know, I would rather die trying than not have a proper go. So that's in everything, you know, and I'm not always going to um, be successful, though everything I've really set my mind to, I have. Um, but it's giving yourself permission just to uh, give it a go. Like, so what if you weren't number one? And what's someone going to do? Turn around and say, oh, Dan, you know, I don't see you on the Letterman show this year. Like, does it, you know, the no one says that for a start. And even if they did, well, you know, it'd be pretty clear to see where that came from. So if you didn't try it and you didn't give it your best, you'd never know. And as you touched on, um, you get what you settle for is my motto in life, literally on everything. Uh, friends, service, product, um, experience, relationships, um, all of it, you know, like just give it a go and commit and, you know, if it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, you'll learn something from that anyway. Just and, make a decision and, and Yeah, do make something. a decision don't, and start. Don't just just start. <laughs> yep. Exactly. This is, um, you know, the, the gunners. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna. It's like, well... When? You know, less talk, more action. I'm the big one on that. Um, it doesn't have – you're not going to do everything at once. So, if you know, it's, it's recognising that if you're going to do something, there will be hard times. You will fail. I have had so many fails. Um, learning dignity uh, in, in the face of failure so that you don't fall apart is a good one. That's what, um, you know, DJing has certainly helped with that. Well, I messed up a mix in the early days and I would then bend under the decks and just lose it in that kind of, you know, devastating, so embarrassing and have to then get up there and through the floor, hey? go through, yeah, <laughs> but keep going, you know. So it's it's working through that awkward um, trial and error learning part. We all make mistakes. We're all human. Um, we are all human. And I guess, um, you know, so many, so many people, and, and, and I've been very guilty of this for, for many years up until late last year when I started this thing, they love to exist in this comfort zone. It's this great, warm, gray zone where things are comfortable. You've got a roof over your head, food in your belly. You know, life's, life's good, but it's, you know, it's not amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's probably, you know, I, I've heard Tony Robbins talk about this before. It's about like where 80% of people typically live. And, mm. you know, if, if you're conscious of that, you also start to get conscious of the mediocrity that life becomes. Yeah. And for me, like when I when I look at the when I had a look at this introspectively, I'm like, I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to live this mediocre life. Like comfort will get you happy, if you can call it that, to to a certain degree. But are we really not made for more? Um, and and I've seen that I've seen that come through with you and your music and the stature that you have both in the business world, but also in the musical community in Australia. 
And I just, yeah. we're, we're celebrating mediocrity too much as a society, putting too much I emphasis totally on agree. it. I totally agree. Yep. Um, I think it's that whole, you know, things, I, I guess I'd unpack it and say, um, it's, you know, we avoid anything that's painful, the quick fix, um, you know, the kind of, I'll give you an example with DJing. Everyone wants to be a DJ, apparently, though I never set out to be one. And, you know, let's look at why you want to be that. So for a start, being honest with yourself about what's actually motivating you and why you're doing it um, usually helps give your life a bit of direction as to where to focus. So if you're doing it just because you want to be cool or popular or whatever, um, it's unlikely you're going to do exceptionally well. You might get to a point. So, you know, actually, I guess thinking about what's motivating you, um, doing the time, learning from your mistakes, um, it makes for a rich life. And I, I heard somewhere recently another podcast. Uh, I love podcast formats. They're the quickest way to learn. But I, I heard somewhere that if you're not doing something that's new and new experiences and, and learning and fresh, then it feels like um, your life is or time is actually going much faster than it than it is. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting. Like normally you would have thought it's just because I'm trying to fit so much in. But it's actually the repetition and the, um, you know, same old kind of patterns every day, no new experience, no scary learning or even delight in achieving. It's just the same old kind of I'm kind of happy, mediocre, and life just rolls on by very quickly and you're left with that kind of, a bit of a space in your heart, I think. And if you've mm. got that, I just don't think you can be a happy, productive human. It's You can't ignore that forever. So um, doing new things, trying new things is also just as important. Apparently, it helps slow your life down so you've got more life to enjoy because you're learning. Yeah, yeah. And um, and do you feel like you're still learning? Um, obviously, you've been doing DJing for, for a couple of decades now. Do you still feel like you're, you're learning new things and and expanding your, your horizons? I'm so, yeah, I, I'm a, I love learning. I'm super curious. I'm curious about anything from why are all the snails crossing in one direction? Um, <laughs> so then I will literally count snails uh, for two weeks every night, look at what direction they're going in and research it because I want to know. So weird sort of things and, like that. And, and um, what, what was the answer then? Why, why do they go Well, there direction? was a trend. There was a trend. <laughs> So I, I discovered that, yep, they um, they are, you know, based on a lunar cycle. So they go in the direction of the moon. Um, they all go the same direction. And they're always more out, of course, on uh, wet days, but they don't mind a bit of dry. So that surprised me too. Um, yeah, so anything that, um, you know, I just like learning about new things. And it can be uh, a craft or a creative outlet. So I have uh, fairly recently done, um, so I used to consider myself completely non-creative, no creative part of me. Um, you know, I had a very different view of myself. I also thought I was an introvert. <laughs> so um, I like. Yeah, I know. There. We, we all laugh about this today, but uh, yeah. So I've done, um, you know, watercolor painting, um, working with clay. Um, I bought everything to do this embroidery, making shaggy um, art rugs, but um, couldn't quite thread the needle. And the same goes for, um, you know, the other side, I guess, the the more, I'll call it work, but work is still creative. The other side is, you know, you work at a firm like Deloitte or PwC or any of the big ones or, or 
pretty much any firm with an internet these days because it's all available and find myself, I sign up for everything. I sign up for learning how to write better stories and narrative um, for business. I sign up for negotiation skills. Um, I sign up to learn something about IT and the new kind of tech that's being, um, you know, deployed in, in a certain sector, which is, I would never have thought I'd be interested in, but I am. So, you know, just having a curiosity in the world and continued learning and God, I want to learn everything. I, I mean, literally, I have a list of things that I would like to be uh, doing from studying history to, um, you know, yes, production and and everything in between. Um, languages are probably my only one that hasn't sparked my interest as much as others, but wait till I book a holiday and I'll be all over those kind of um, how to speak, conversational, whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm continually learning from both um, formal education but also from others and they don't have to be older than me. Um, they just have to have um, different perspective and bring different experience. I mean, where, where, do, you, where do you find yourself sort of um, being, I guess, finding new things to learn or what, ex what sparks that initial curiosity in you to do that? Yeah, well, for me, actually, this is a really, really timely conversation. And, and I'm so glad we got together to, to discuss this, Mish, because before um, before I started, you know, going out in, in the scene where you play, um, and obviously, we, we, we met through my wife and, and her family there. Um, I, I guess I may have looked down upon people that, that were in this scene and, and listened to electronic music a little bit. So I come from a bit of a just yeah, a different world, let's put it that way. And I would never have really organically interacted um, with people from the scene up until I met my wife. And then once I started doing that, I started getting these new perspectives that you talk about, mm. started interacting with this whole plethora of different people. And I actually, I, I would consider the people more of my tribe than anyone else. Yeah, um, isn't it funny? And, and, and it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive from being a good business person or being in tech or finance or wherever you are because ultimately you're just you're, you're learning of other people and you're learning mm. different things new experiences um i learned all about different sort of music that i never thought i loved but now that's pretty much all i listen to like electronic music is 100 percent my jam yep um so i think we we should really be celebrating this diversity and yeah i mean this is this is just awesome the fact that I, i'd never have thought i'd be doing this a decade oh. ago, let's put it that way. And, you know, there's no limit on it either. So, you know, I was always, um, I've, I mean, my lists are always crazy long, but stuff it, you know, you got to go, like, go as big as you like because even if you got halfway there, it's like a lot of mine are sort of four or five person lifetime uh, lists, but you watch me knock those off like there's a way. But it's, um, I used to be that way as well with uh, metal music. So I had never listened to any metal music until um, I was in my, gosh, 40s, I think, or 30, late 30s. And I was in a loan car and a CD was in there. And I was driving to actually interview someone because it was for um, a work interview later after hours, doing, um, you know, the sort of deep dives. And I thought, oh, what's on that CD? Because the radio's rubbish. Put it on. And what happened to be on was actually um, Judas Priest and Painkiller. And so I'm driving in this car and it starts and I just go, what the, what the hell? And it got, anyway, tracks playing and I was so excited. 
slapping the car steering wheel and the rest of it. I had to pull over because I was out of control. Rang um, David, who had been in the car previous to me, and said, and he obviously, I sounded upset, and he goes, you all right? And I go, oh, and then you're hyperventilating. I just need to know. I need to know what's, what the CD is at yours. Oh, my God. Anyway, we find out it is his. He tells me the name of the band. I go, oh, have you got any more of it? He goes, it happens to be his favourite band. He, dare I say it, David, but gets quite emotional because, and I go, are you all right? And he goes, I'm just so, I can't believe my girlfriend loves um, Judas Priest. And after that, I just went back albums all the way, then ended up following them around Australia when they toured with Ministry. Um, I was in the mosh pit. I had the best time ever. It was on my bucket list to hear, um, you know, Painkiller Live. And yet before that, I had sort of looked at people with metal T-shirts and long hair, like, you know, probably a bit down my nose, bogans, you know, they'd be all rough, not safe. Every time I've fallen over in a mosh pit, yes, I've been in mosh pits, every time I've fallen over, I have been lifted up. I've been lifted up and cared for and looked after. And it's actually one of the safest places um, where you can actually be so expressive in a way that society might always not always be comfortable with. You know, you're bashing into people, charging at strangers you don't know. And that's when I thought, my God, you know, we've got all these um, ideas in our head about what things are and aren't. And the older you get, the the more you might have these kind of unconscious bias or you get quite fixed in what you think something is, um, even a place. So when was the last time you went to, I don't know, XYZ? You might have gone there 10 years ago. You just presume it's going to be static and unchanging. Um, you know, constantly surprised at things move and everything is dynamic. And that goes with people and places. So if you had a bad experience once at a big four, um, they've changed, you know, have another go, give them another go, give yourself another go. So it's that whole, um, yeah, preconceived ideas about what things are. And until you've actually done it, like my mum said, if you don't, how would you know you don't like it if you haven't tried it? 100%, 100%. And do you feel that sometimes we, um, we, we tend to just settle for, for things that we know and, and coming back to that notion of comfort zone, just, just mm-hmm. being in there? Do you feel that we, A, do that, and B, you're starting to see a trend, particularly in the business world, of people that are starting to try and expand their horizons and, and go public with it like you are now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's uh, it's easy to do. You know, it's easy to go comfort. And, let, you know, I do think majority of people kind of do that to a point um, because it's uncomfortable to break a mould, you know, it's uncomfortable to be the different one. Um, You need to be able to stand there knowing that what it is is your truth. Um, You need to stand there knowing that what your value is and what's important and all the other things, right? So it's it's not easy. Like, you know, first time I did public speaking, I was so nervous I could barely get the, you know, quiver out my voice. First time I DJed, I couldn't get the needle on the damn record because I was shaking so much. Didn't even know how, you know, nervous I was about everything. So, yeah, it's scary stuff. And um, you get older, I guess, you know, more, you've got more chance to try it when you're younger, but people don't because they think they can't make mistakes. And as you get older, the excuse of, oh, well, I'm too old to do that now, you know, everything's fine. It, It just is what it is. And I go, bullshit 
like nothing is what it is if it's you know make it what you want or at least give it a go because like you said um earlier dan i would i just don't want to die wondering i want to recognize what gives me joy and where i can also um you know create that for others as much as um possible and yeah that's what life is isn't it it's all about that pursuit of happiness and you're not going to get there just by ho-humming down the middle of the road, um, taking it easy. I mean, it's going to take some effort. Like, it's all easy at the end. You know, it's all easy at the end. But the struggle to get to things, you know, people forget that. They don't look back. They only see what you are now. Um, and and this goes for me doing this to others as well. You know, I've made assumptions about people before when I thought, oh, well, it's okay for them because they're whatever they might be, you know, um, very wealthy, very attractive, very senior, whatever it might be. And, you know, they've got their own doubts and insecurities and and they've had to go through their own challenges and, and difficult times and, and question who they are. So I only realised that when I started being more human and let others be more human, then you start discovering these things and you think, oh, my God, if we could just all talk to each other and just be um, open and honest we'd all get to this good place faster. Like we are now, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and, yep. and, and I just feel like it's it's so, so okay to be vulnerable now and, and show our true authentic selves. Um, I've, I've talked about it in the past on, on the podcast, but I found that my relationships have actually gotten better, richer and deeper when I've started showing some vulnerability, when I've started expressing my authentic self, like talking about the failures, you know, yeah, I have been rejected by the big four. So what, you know, still here, still doing well. Um, exactly. And to be honest, it's it's all part of the journey um, because, yeah, like if, A, if nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, yeah. But B, you know, similar to what you were saying before, I thought of myself never as being a creative person. And I had this narrative in my head for, say, the past 15 years of my working career. And that's actually stopped me from giving anything a crack, really, other than trying yeah. to launch, um, you know, a, a business here or there. But now that I'm doing it, it's like, oh my god, this is this is madness! Like, why didn't I do this before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and why why is it? Like, where do these, you know, where do we pick up? I guess those narratives. So I know that a lot of mine were self-created. I went to a lot of primary. I went to like 13 primary schools when I was younger and moved countries all the time. Like every, it seemed like every week I was moving country or different school, different uniform, different place. And, um, you know, for me, that meant I missed a lot of basic schooling. And so, you know, you learn things very differently in the US to the UK to Australia, and I was swapping around all of them all the time. So when I finally landed, there was lots of things I still can't do today. So I can't do, um, I can't do Venn diagrams. Yeah. And but I've got a postgrad in statistics because I did that to assure myself that I'm not stupid. Um, it took me four or five degrees to get to that point. But you know, it's that what, what made you come up with that? So, was it an for me, it was an art teacher telling me my work wasn't very good, and that was it. I decided I'm not good at art, um, mm. not doing well at maths at school, I'm stupid. Um, I can't. You know, I can't do things. So it was surprising that I wasn't. In fact, I topped my year when I did the first year at, um, of commerce with statistics and calculus, having done nothing since year nine. 
But I was so terrified walking into the first lecture, even for something like that, that I was actually dry reaching into the bin outside the lecture hall, thinking my life's already over before I even walk into my first lecture. What am I doing here anyway? I'm stupid. Um, you know, I look back at Proper all this and think, response. shit, excuse me. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, like real, it's super scary, like super scary stuff. And, you know, I had to unpack for myself as you would have and others should what are, you, what are you telling yourself? So if you're hearing in your, oh, I can't, I shouldn't, oh, um, people won't think it's very good, I'm not good enough, sometimes that might be true. You know, let's not, there's plenty of people out there that are um, bloody claimers and haven't done the work and aren't good enough and should be asking these questions and then just stopping. Um, but, but the majority I've found, um, you know, they've just got this kind of limiting narrative going on in their head from maybe one conversation or a, mm. an event that happened some 30 years ago, like, you know, more their lifetime ago kind of thing. So, And, and it yeah. can burrow into your subconscious and you can actually forget about the specific events that caused you to think that way, but mm. it's still there in your subconscious. And unless you do work like therapy or, or you know, whatever else, however you, you, you want to approach um, the healing process, you may not actually know exactly what's causing it. Um, so if you can help identify that and, and actually understand in your own mind and in your own body and soul, why you have this opinion, then you empower yourself to actually make the change, right? Yeah. Again, it's doing the work, yep. you know, it's doing the work on yourself. It's doing the work for the acquiring skills. It's doing the work. So you, you're going to make mistakes doing it. You'll make mistakes on the podcast at some point. You'll do something that maybe you'll look back on and go, Oh God, I'd, I'd do it different now. But you're doing it. Like yeah. you're doing it. Well, and, I made a mistake earlier. I, I, I got a bit lost for words. You help me out. We move on, right? This is a real <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's all a line. So you're not doing this to be, I don't know, I can't come up with reasons. I think people are so weird when they do things that they're not really into, but they think other people will um, consider good uh, or, or valuable. But, you know, if you're, if you're just, you know why you're doing something, you've given it your best and you're out there, all of you, warts and all, um, trying, failing, trying, succeeding, not giving up. It's just so easy first time if you stumble to go, oh, never doing that again. That was, you know, that was not perfect or <laughs> whatever it was. Um, Jesus, nothing's going to happen, is it? And, and I know that you're the sort of person like me that is if you're going to give something a go, you give it a proper go. You know, you you make sure you do your research on the sort of streaming. You you articulate what your purpose is on it. Um, you set up everything as well as you can. You give it the time and the respect and the focus. Um, and then you see what happens. And that's, uh, you know, go explore because anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, and you never know until you start. And all this other stuff could open up for you, which it does. You got to do the work. You have to, like you made such a good point. You have to do the work and you have to put in. And if you're going to bother doing something, then bloody hell, just do it properly. Do it. You exactly. know, go, go, go full on because you don't, you don't actually know where it could lead. Um, and yeah. like what I've seen, particularly with, with a lot of people that are, that are quite successful, they can start off in an industry or doing something that may not be profitable, may not be easy to monetize, but through their passion, through their energy, through their connection, it will happen. 
it, it, yeah. it's bound to happen. That's not necessarily the point of why I started this podcast. I'm, I'm doing this basically, yeah, for, for other reasons, um, not, not financial, but yeah, if, if, if it does monetize, if it does take off, fantastic. But at least I know that I've lived true to myself. And, yeah. and I know that we've, we've had this conversation on, on many a dance floor. You know, I, I know you feel the same way about music as well. I think, you know, like in all of your decisions, if you're making the the decision for you and you've thought that through enough, you know, don't you don't need to overthink it, though, um, you know, I, I can sort of unpack things and unpack things, unpack things. I can't help but analyse. I love it. But, you know, if you're doing it from for the right intentions, it sounds so cliche, but it's true. Are you passionate about it? You know, really passionate, like it's something that just, gets under your skin you can't help it it's sort of like falling in love <laughs> um versus kidding yourself that you want to marry someone that's you know a tick in the box you can't generate the authentic thing and just yeah um being vulnerable to fail like you said learning from others too um and and being able to look at yourself honestly with where am I at why am I doing this? You know, check it a couple of times because things change and we all forget. You know, I remember my list of what I thought I wanted to be and then one day realised, shit, I, I've already done all those things and I forgot to make a new list. And I would never have thought those things were ever possible in a million years, but here I am superseding them. And that was weird. So start it. Do it well. Um, do it for yourself, not for other people. Um, listen to other people because even people that aren't trained in that thing, they'll have an opinion. Um, let someone criticise you if they must. Uh, you don't have to always take it on. That's the other thing. And, you know, when when you see someone else doing, trying, being new things and they're being courageous and they're having a go and they're trying their best, support them, mm. you know, and applaud yeah. it when they do really well. I, you know, I get so overwhelmed when I see someone who's amazing at something. It doesn't matter if it's like those crazy card-flicking ninjas that you see that can, you know, flick a business card from across a room and sort of go through all these <laughs> crazy sort of obstacles and then pop the balloon just on a normal business card. Or if it's, you know, being a surgeon, yes, I'm going to go that broad. But whatever it is, just, you know, throw yourself at it and be your best, like, because you weren't born a card flicking expert or a surgeon. That, no, that that's stuff right. Is made through practice, trial and error, feedback, loops, effort. Yeah, yep. yep. and failing. That's the thing. Mm. You know, I look back and go, and the failing, because no one wants to fail. It's kind of awkward. Um, you know, I can. There's so many times when it would have been easier to walk away because of a unsuccessful um, situation. So. The first time I had to network, I was sent to a networking thing. I was at Snap Printing at the time as a marketing coordinator. And my boss goes, okay, there's this networking function. I want you to go down there and network. And I thought, what the hell? What do you do? I don't – what do I – okay, so off I go. Just a conversation, very, right? <laughs> just conversations, you know. And I'm very naive and in my cheap suit back then. Um, but I rock up and there's, you know, everyone's got the, the speech happens and then everyone's got their coffees and they're all standing around. And naively, I guess, but you know, good on me, I would approach people, approach groups and go, hi, my name's Mariska. Um, you know, first time I've attended one of these events. How'd you find it? Anyway, you would think that that would go okay, would have gone okay, just to be brave enough to walk up to strangers. But they were horrendous. Everyone turned their backs on me. They were snobby. They were clicky. It was 
this, it was like all of your nightmares had happened. So I found myself standing there alone in a room full of pretty much hundreds of people with my coffee, just wishing that the earth would swallow me, thinking maybe I could just leave and say it wasn't very good. Um, but I just stood there. I just stood there and I kept my dignity and I sipped my tea. And eventually this person came over to me and started talking to me and how did I find it and so on. And have you met anyone? Um, he, he'd obviously seen a few things, right? And took me around the room to introduce me. And that's when I found out he was actually their keynote speaker. He was the one that everyone was sucking up to, everyone wanted to see. Nice. And he had seen um, the interactions that I had had, obviously, and had decided upon himself to change that and had taken me around the room. And when he got to the first group who had been just horrendously rude, um, he just dismissed them. He just dismissed them. And he said to me, you know, it was such a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for coming, all these things. Went back with all these names. Everything was great. But it made me realise I could have easily just ex bolted um, moments after those sort of horrendous things happened. And it was like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Well, that was. Um, I didn't burst into flames, but that was about it. But it, it ended up sticking it through, had such a great result. And, you know, I was so appreciative as well of someone else being – um, showing kindness and um, and doing something instead of just watching it and commenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good leadership. And and I guess on, on your side, that fear of failure also, it, it almost consumed you, but you mm -hmm. turned it into something positive. You know, maybe it was divine intervention. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was something else, but that's a really good example. I think the first part is the just... decision to stick it out. Yeah, you know, like, through. yes, this push is through. uncomfortable, but just stick it out. Yeah, well, that's that's how we learn, right? We don't always learn from the comforting things in life and when things go well, we learn when things go a bit sideways, at least mm. in, in my experience anyway. Yeah. yeah, it'd be boring if it wasn't, wouldn't it? I mean, mm. surely that the thing you've worked, when you've worked hard at something or, or at least put some effort into something, you take more pride, you feel better about that thing when you finally, the end is achieved or the bake a cake, whatever it is, you know. Um, if you've actually put in, you know, a lot of yourself, your time, your energy and trials and tribulations, when you get that outcome, because it, it will be when, um, it's a sweeter outcome. It, success is sweeter when you've actually earned it um, instead of just and being given the it. Journey. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So, Mish, if you, um, if you could go back to, to your 20-year-old self, what would, be, what would be the one bit of advice that you could uh, hone in on and give yourself? <laughs> Oh, look, I would actually say the one bit of advice that I would give myself that I do would be start saving now. You don't need those extra pair of shoes. I mean, I'm a shoe fiend. Uh, that would be my advice. But otherwise, it would be I wouldn't want to change my life. So that's for a start. Um, I would probably want the assurance of knowing that when you start something, it doesn't mean it's the end of it. So just because you've started, and I ended up doing this myself anyway, but just because you start a degree in law doesn't mean that you're going to be a lawyer and that's it. Um, you might be a lawyer and then you might end up working in a, um, I don't know, uh, some sort of volunteering role, using your law's legal skills. Then you might find yourself doing a different degree or an experience and um doing something else and who knows down the track you might end up being a florist um very different from where you started so i would say um yeah the 
the world really is your oyster. Um, back yourself. Uh, you know, know who you are. I spent my time doing that, but it would just be, don't worry. Don't worry. We're all human. Everyone's trying their best. Don't take things personally. Um, the whole, you know, you interpret things, actions, emails, texts. Um, it always comes from your perspective. Don't um, hold judgment and um, appreciate that everyone is actually dealing with things personally themselves. You know, senior partners are still human. Clients are not clients. They're Marishka or Dan or whoever they are and they all have things going on. So stop worrying so much <laughs> uh, would be another one. And um, otherwise, you know, I'm pretty happy where things have landed, even the painful stuff, because I think I get my greatest learning sometimes from those, um, you know, the harder times. I don't want too many more, but I've got the best learnings from them. Love it, love it. In in your true Marishka self, you've taken one central thing and you've broken it down into sub-themes and just given me all them. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, and, that's, and that's what I would have done a, as well. I would have been like, so on this level, this is one thing I would have yeah, done. But then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really love think, it. you know, we're all here. We're all going to have experiences. Um, you know, don't shy away from the difficult ones because they're very rich, you know. You'll look back on them and realise how you conducted yourself in those moments is what will define you for the next ones. Hundred percent. So and don't don't live with regret. Just go for it. Don't be a go gunner. Don't be yeah. a gunner. You know, get out there, <laughs> give it a go. So speaking of giving it a go, Marishka, where to from here? What's what's the next moves for you? Oh gosh, sport for choice. Sometimes, um, you know, it's and I'm constantly asking this of myself where to from here oh so I'm playing around with UX a lot at the moment um I find that it's a thing that it's I have an affinity with it I love it um analyzing people working out how to make it easier for them so I think more learning maybe some formal learning um I'm also keen as we I think we get to a point in our careers where you go wouldn't mind giving back I want to um, you know, lift someone else up, give them a go, whether that is um, doing volunteer work just at your local sort of area um, or it's, you know, I always have a pet project. So that might be a person I see who I think, hmm, you're worth investing some time into. You've, you're struggling at the moment. I can see that. And whether or not it's um, help that's asked for, sometimes I just barge in there and send, you know, couldn't help but notice um, here's some tips. Uh, I you you're were doing all, you know, oh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, huh? Who would have thought? So yeah, that was a bit a big learning. But where next from here? I don't know because there's so all there's there's so many new jobs that are opening and happening, and the world is changing so much. Um, sometimes I think, God, am I still relevant? Um, but then I realise it doesn't matter about the tech or, or anything else at this point. We are still have the human condition, and so. You know, exploring more of that, exploring how language has power and what you can do um, to help others use it better or communicate with more uh, feeling. Or I, I would like to write as well. So I'm constantly scribbling around in a book and, 
you know, I think I've read three of them. You are a writer. This is how you write. Have you know, you have the power. So I'm still going through that. I'm a I don't, imposter syndrome on that. But yeah, I think maybe some writing, music production, and um, you know, seeing, seeing what I can do for others um, in, in a bit more of a formal way, so that you know, you leave a legacy of some sort, or you you at least make the world a bit of a better place. Awesome, awesome. And yeah, look, really, really look forward to listening to, to your next sets coming up. Um, I'm, uh, sure, uh, you, I'm sure there'll be a good boogie in there and, and good luck with, uh, with, with your future endeavours. Maybe, maybe you'll end up learning that language you've, you've always thought you, you want to learn. Well, music, it's the universal language. <laughs> I'll just it, go with it. that. No, it's yep, a pleasure, yep. pleasure being on the show, Dan, and, and really appreciate the chance to, um, to have a chat with you. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was awesome having you on. And Mish, if, um, if people do want to connect with you and find you, what's, what's the best way um, they can do that? So they can find me on LinkedIn, um, Mariska Cross. And, you know, I, I get onto that a couple of times a week. Um, otherwise, they can find me on SoundCloud under Mischief and on social media, media under both. Um, not too awesome. many Mariskas, so yeah, shouldn't be too hard. Can't, can't miss her. Blue hair. <laughs> yeah, you'll see the blue hair shots in there. So, um, uh, yeah, it's awesome. uh, who knows what color will be next. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it, dear listeners. That's a wrap for episode three. Um, just want to say another huge, huge thanks to uh, to Mariska. Um, yeah, it's been amazing having you on here. Super fun. Have loved your insights. Um, you know, I've covered quite a number of different topics, but some of the ones I can sort of remember off the top of my head, um, authenticity, balance, integrating your creative self with your professional identity, finding the courage to, to move forward and, and not celebrating mediocrity. You know, really, if you're going to do something, do it well, do it with passion and, and with purpose. Um, yeah, so, wow, so much fun. If you've, had, uh, awesome. if you've got value from, from this episode um, as, much as, as much as I have, we'd really, really appreciate your support. Spread the love, spread the knowledge. Give us some feedback, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. It would really mean a lot to me um, and, and I'm sure to, uh, to my dear guest, Mariska, here. Um, you can also find more episodes on dancingwithdoubt.com and I've also launched a new blog um, basically reflecting on my conversations that I've had with my guests and, and giving some gratitude back. Um, so, Mish, uh, keep, keep an eye out for that one. And, yeah, thanks for lending me your ears wherever in the world you are. Um, as always, may success be with you. Ciao, ciao.